0: After an exciting win to open the season, it's now time to turn the page, take a
1: look look ahead to week two. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up, guys? It is Thursday, September eighth. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one stop shop for everything with athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Upside, Download the free Upside app, and use promo code Locked to get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more. And yeah, i had a fun win. In week one, but it's time to turn the page. Look forward to their week two game against Idaho. Do that, your friend yours, the one, the only Jared Bud. Uh, it was a it was a wild one. It was one that we, uh, I certainly did not think we were going to pull out. I was thinking of all the ways that things could go wrong, even on that final drive. Uh, what were just some of your thoughts on that week
1: one victory? Uh, it feels like we have a real quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um not to say that not to say that Michael Penix was not one obviously. Um but like a very real quarterback again to, for Washington on Saturday. He did. He did and I love that for him. Uh but uh it, it looked like we have a real quarterback in a few different senses. One he made some big time throws. Um obviously just get that out of the way. Um the other parts of it are that it looked like the play calling had improved from previous years. Um, I think we can all agree on that. And it looked like he had some form of viable pass protection. Mm -hmm. Um, Two things that Michael Penix never had the last couple of years here at Indiana. So um, I, I it's hard not to feel good. Look, it's, it's, is it the best team in the world? No. Is it the most exciting win on the planet? No. It's not Penn State 2020. Nothing. Not a lot of things can be. Um, but it's a big step in the right direction for a fan base that quite frankly was looking forward to Midnight Madness more than it was the next six games of Indiana's football season until basketball tips.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. There was I was surprised at the turn, considering how bad last year was. Uh, the way they won that game, the fact they won that game, maybe we'll bring some of that excitement back. They have back-to-back home games now against Idaho and Western Kentucky. Uh, we'll talk about those in a little bit, but yeah, that was one of my biggest takeaways. And we talked about it earlier this week. Basilek looks really good. There's a lot of factors in that. Uh, The play calling is not something I I talked about yet. Walt Bell looked good, um, and it was much. It was just all around a a Nick Sheridan coached offense, Um, and it it was a better offense than they had last year. More plays downfield, more explosive plays than they had last year. As you said, a lot of that stems from an offensive line that. Pass protected well, and we talked about that on Wednesday's show. If you look at the pro football focus grades, they passed well, they did not run block well. What were your thoughts on the offensive line? Does it seem like it was steps forward? Is it how concerning is it that they couldn't run block and now you had absolutely no run game?
1: Yeah, so obviously improved play from last year, particularly in the pass protection. I think we we had sort of discussed it during the game. Um part of it might just be, you know, cohesion. You know, mm-hmm. we were we were talking a little bit uh you and I just on the side about, you know, they look not very cohesive as a unit and even even just with the offense at large because you know, you're talking before that final drive, we had 72 yards of offense in the second half, I think it was. Um so, they didn't look super cohesive until the end, but they looked competent. And that was something that was sorely, sorely missing uh, the last couple of years from the offensive line and from the offense at large. Um, you know, from a pure entertainment perspective, I would much rather my pass blocker, my pass blocking be better than my run blocking. Yeah. Um, it give, get, having a good quarterback, having a good passing game. Uh, draws eyes and draws attention. Listen, I love. We've we've talked about it ad nauseum. Uh, we we love Tevin Coleman. We love Jordan Howard. We love all these big time Stevie Scott. All these big time Indiana backs that come through. But it's not sexy. It's not fun. It's not. It, how how few times that we've actually enjoyed watching an Indiana offense, even when the running game was going these past few years. Uh, You could probably count the number of games that you enjoyed on one hand. So I would much rather the pass protection be there before the run blocking is. I think eventually it's much easier to figure out the run blocking than it is your pass blocking schemes. Quite honestly, as teams respect Bayes a little bit more, I'm sure that will open up some numbers in the box. As long as he continues his form from the end of the game. Um, but I, I think there's a bunch of things that will contribute to it getting better. You know, as long as Bays can continue to throw the ball, um, the box will open up. As long as the play calling is fairly open, it'll open the box up. Um, and then just cohesion and time with the offensive line. I think those are the big things you're looking at when you're looking at this Indiana offense and and everything. We said it last year. We'll say it this year. Everything starts and ends with the offensive line. Uh, they look good. They, they look much better than I was prepared for them to look, even against an opponent that's not particularly exciting. You know, have them look, have them look good. Figure it out against these teams, against the Idahos of the world. Uh, and then when you're ready to have Michigan State come to town, you're ready to play. Uh, I won't quite say Ohio State, but <laughs> <laughs> when your Minnesota's, your Rutgers is, your Maryland's roll around, you know, it, 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 it. it Leaves a better vibe uh, and a better feel about the offense moving forward if you can get them to play the game that they need to play these first few weeks.
0: There was a lot more uh, starting than ending with the offensive line this year, and that was uh, positive. And to your point earlier, the reason we lost chaos teams because they could throw for 400 yards and four in seemingly one play. They would basically but uh, it is more aesthetically pleasing to watch a, an offense that can throw the ball. Last thing I want to get your thoughts on, that defense looked a lot like a island defense. wasn't always the case last season. I think a big part of that is the takeaways, uh, which, again, were not there last season, but the, the ability to swarm, get pressure. Uh, did that feel like a Milan
1: defense? Yeah, it was it wasn't just the turnovers that they forced, it was the timing of the turnovers that was really important. That was a big component in our in our COVID season when we were gonna win, when we should have won the Big Ten. Um, neither here nor there. But uh that was, you know, that that was something we'd sort of talked about and, and you know, going into last season, you know, the goal we knew it, everyone knew it was Tom Allen wanted a top ten defense. Obviously that didn't work out for Numerous reasons, and I don't think this is top 10 potential defense. I, I, I just don't, and it, it's hard to imagine. Look, it was hard coming into the season to imagine an Indiana defense that doesn't have Micah McFadden on it. Yep. Um, it, it's, it. When you lose someone that's that much of a stalwart in your defense that's that good of a football player, that's that important of a leader, um, you're going to take some steps back naturally, and it was a good start. It was a very, very good start to the season um they bent they didn't break a lot they uh they came up with the timely turnovers uh i f- i feel good about the defense i don't think i don't know how much it will continue again as we get into big 10 play but then again we just watched a big 10 team put up seven points with zero touchdowns so <laughs> i mean i mean anything's possible i wish we played that iowa team last year week 1 yeah no kidding where
0: was that last year that iowa team would be a lot more fun of have played against than, uh, than the one we got. Let's turn the page on week one, take a look at week two with Idaho, and get a sense of what we're looking forward to with that contest. Before we do any of that, though, let's talk about today's sponsor. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us where it hurts, hitting all of us where it hurts, and it really, really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. This is an app I genuinely use. You, you can believe me or not, but it, it's a simple app that I download. There's a gas station near me. I just click that gas station, click check in, pump my gas just as I normally would. And about 24 hours later, I get a notification telling me that I have money added to my wallet on the app. So to get started, download that free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, like that gas station near your house, uh, for example. Check in at the business Pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week, and that's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the free Upside app, use that promo code LOCKED, And get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more back on your first purchase of at least $10 using the promo code LOCKED. Big thanks to you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. Be sure to head on over to YouTube where we post the episodes there daily. Trying to get to 500 subscribers by the start of college basketball season uh, early in November. So let's... Uh, jump on over there where it's a rapidly growing community. I want you guys to be a part of it. So pause the app or just open up the new one and head on over there. Subscribe to us on YouTube at locked on Hoosiers. Let's talk week two. And this is normally a point where I would talk about the opponent and preview them. But to be honest, it is Idaho. It's an FCS school. It's a team I you beat last season when they were a worse team. So instead of that, I want to talk about the Hoosiers and what they can improve upon. Jared, what are you looking forward to whether an improvement or just something you're going to be watching for this week 2 game for the
1: Hoosiers? Uh continue the momentum from week 1. You have to continue the momentum. You can't have don't want these slow don't want a slow start against an inferior opponent and there are very few opponents that I'm comfortable saying are inferior to Indiana football. Um Idaho is one of them. I mean, last year was a disastrous year for us, and I think we hung a fifty burger on them. Uh, Penix probably had like 300 yes. passing yards that day, or something. I remember we went crazy on them. So it, it's mostly about maintaining the momentum. Don't let Idaho don't let Idaho be in this game for any period of time. Um, just continue to develop, continue to develop that chemistry. Continue to develop uh, just yourselves on the field. And reestablish that winning mentality and winning teams, good teams, bull teams, you know, they win these games pretty easily and they don't look back. You know, they start off hot, quick lead, bury them with defense games over by halftime. Um, So that's what I want to, that's what I want to see is I want to see this game over by halftime. I want to see, you know, are we going to get the offense that, Came out in the second half and put up 72 yards over the course of you know, over the course of basically the entire half, with the exception of the last drive. Or are we going to see a continuation of the offensive momentum that they built on that last drive when they marched down the field. They had an open, fast-paced offense, and Bays was able to make some throws and some really good windows. So that's really what I want to see this next week against Idaho.
0: Last year, IU did put 56 points on them. It was a weird game, though. Offensively, they didn't do a whole lot because they kept getting really short fields because of the defense, and they had the punt return as well. So Pennix, eight yards, he had two touchdowns. Uh, That probably should have been a red flag for for a lot of things. But, yeah, that, that was an inferior team last year, and I think IU football team last year is worse than the one this year. So, uh. I, I again like I kind of said, I think it's a lot more focused on IU. The offense has to, right. I think a big thing is figuring out uh if you're to believe Walt Bell, which there's no reason not to, he said that Illinois was stacking the box to stop maybe even under strategy with a first year quarterback and a whole lot of at wide receiver receiver think teams are going to do that a whole lot moving forward looked really good so now it's on the offensive line to run block open up holes and see what Sean Shivers can do they, we really didn't get any kind of sense of what kind of back he is because he only had 15 for 28 yards so that's the biggest things to me uh, when kind of looking at specific aspects is figuring out the run game getting that blocked and building, I guess, some momentum in that front as well. I guess the also encouraging thing is that Walt Bell audibled and, uh, called more passing plays. He said that that was the most, uh, he's ever thrown in a game before, but if he, at least he is aware enough to, uh, diagnose that, I guess, and realize that we need to throw the ball. Because, yeah, they threw 50 times. Uh I tweeted the stat. That was only the third time since 2002, I believe, that an IU quarterback has thrown at least 50 times and won the game. Uh Michael Penix did it twice. I guess it was a fourth time. He was the third quarterback to do it. Penix did it twice. And I believe Ben Apple did it way, way back when. Uh, so... It's not often IU throws the ball that much and wins. Probably it's not often that IU wins. So uh, that'll be a big thing. But also kind of to your point, I want to see the quarterback and wide receivers build some more chemistry because Bacek finished 28 of 52, which doesn't necessarily look great, but I thought a lot of the incompletions seem to be communication errors. Whether somebody ran one route and Baslack was expecting another, um, there was a or interception that went straight through a receiver's hands. Um it seemed like there was a whole things that were wrong with the pass. That I'm watching for even then, I was still I mean, Cam Camper looked incredible. We probably haven't talked enough this week about how good him and DJ Matthews looked. We knew DJ Matthews was really good. Camber we did not know about, and damn, did he look really good! So, continuing to see Bazlack build that chemistry with his receivers, uh, and just this offense get snaps as a whole uh, is something that I'm looking forward to. Is there anything else you're going to have an eye on in this game?
1: Um, I don't think too much, honestly. It's again, it's it's not a game that I plan on watching particularly closely. Um, if I'm watching the game closely, something's gone horribly wrong and I'm not feeling good about, I'm not feeling good about a lot of things. So, um, really just what we talked about and just, you know, continuing the upward trajectory and that's, you know, new battle, new battle, new battle. Every day is a new battle.
0: This is, listen, every win is important for this IU team because they're not going to have a whole lot more winnable games. Uh, so getting this one, getting that momentum, build hopefully a 3-0 and start, heading into a game against Cincinnati, which even if that's a tough game, your next one is against Nebraska, which feels like a lot more winning game considering how much Nebraska has struggled this week. So there's big opportunities in front of the Hoosiers. It's just whether they can kind of seize those opportunities. A lot of that starts with building off last week. Don't let that be a flash in the pan. Uh, Let that be kind of the start of something special and start of something good again. Focus and look at the IU women's basketball team who scheduled out on Wednesday. Take a look at some of the key games and talk a little bit about the excitement surrounding the program heading into this season. We'll touch on that here in just a moment. IU women's basketball. Uh, we knew their Big Ten schedule was going to come out today, or on Wednesday, I should say. That was announced earlier in the week. I just went ahead and released the schedule in a surprise, and it included a, a couple different things on there that we didn't expect. Unlike men's basketball, there was no reporting on the women's basketball schedule. Nothing leaked out. So it came out that on November. November 14th, IU is traveling to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. That was an entire uh, unknown, basically. Uh, That is going to be, if you look at the the ESPN way too early, top 25 rankings, Tennessee is number five. So you're looking at top 10, maybe even top five Tennessee team that IU is going to go on the road to, to face. Uh, Early test is just their third game of the season. So we're going to find out a lot about this IU team really quickly. And that one, not quite the same non-schedule as they had last year, where they were just top team after top team. Um, I think the Bahamas to Finford and things like that. Uh, there are other big non-conference games to go and see, which we got ACC big 10 challenge. That's going to be uh presumably another ranked team. Indiana's going to face, they're right around where the Hoosiers are, so probably a top 15 team. Uh, And then you're heading into the Big Ten where a couple notable games include the Iowa games, obviously. Uh, Those are going to come pretty late in the season. February 9th is going to be the first one in Bloomington. That's on a Thursday. Uh, And then the season finale for the Big Ten for the Hoosiers – Uh, presumably for Iowa as well. February 26th, Indiana at Iowa. Pretty decent shot that that one is going to be for uh, potentially the Big Ten title, which is fun. Uh, Those two teams had some really fun games last year. That is Iowa's final game as well. Those two teams had fun games, but Iowa won them all. So ultimately they weren't fun results, uh, even if they were kind of competitive games. So I usually looking for a bit of revenge. I use final teams are going to be, uh, I guess, challenging in a sense. They will host Purdue on February nineteenth. Travel to Iowa on February twenty sixth for their final two games. They go on February fifth. So you're looking at a, a pretty tough February where going to Purdue, then you host Iowa. Which is probably going to be a ranked team. You go to Columbus, and then you Michigan. Michigan is going to be down this season. Uh, host Purdue, and then go Iowa to wrap up the season. So uh, it's a pretty soft start to the Big Ten slate, but it's a pretty rough finish. Um, Jared, what's just kind of your your level of excitement for this women's basketball program? Uh, kind of compared to last year. I know last year they were coming off the a ton of excitement. Uh, they still went the Sweet 16 a little bit of a rebuild but this is still going to be a pretty really good team if we're being honest. So I guess what's your level of interest and excitement in this team?
1: It's Indiana. I mean, uh, it, it, say the word you show me a little orange ball and I'll get excited. It doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> does, you know, it doesn't matter if, I, if, if I'm going to going to watch uh, Bloomington North or if I'm going to watch Indiana women, Indiana men, uh, everything shy of the Indiana Pacers. So I'm obviously really excited for the season. This is going to be a theoretically, this is going to be a really good basketball team. Um, I love the early season schedule drops. Um, The fact that we'd be going to Tennessee, um, awesome to get to play on Pat Summit Court. Uh, UNC, like you said, a likely top fifteen team. Um, Those are the games I'm most excited about, uh, particularly because they don't really matter in the in the grand scheme of things. Um, you know, no one wants to be playing their best basketball in November. Uh, that's just, that's just a fact. So it's nice to play these really good out of conference teams. Uh, like you said, again, it, it's not quite the gauntlet that it was last season, um, but it, it, it's exciting to get to play these teams. You know, it's, it, it's great environments. It's, it's college basketball history. Um, and then, you talk about the Big Ten schedule, and that's where I start to clam up a little bit. Uh, you know, again, it would be great to show out against Tennessee. Great to show out against UNC. Um, you know, go one and one there. I'm feeling really good about the direction of the team heading into the season. Um, but obviously, you know, you don't want to play your best basketball in November. You want to play it in February, March, and April. And like you said, that end of February schedule, home against Purdue at Iowa. I mean, that's, that's where the big 10 is probably going to be won or lost uh, is in that week. If you're assuming that, you know, if you're, you're, if you're assuming that Iowa and Indiana are going to be at the top of the conference. Um, but man, it's just, it's hard not to get excited about, about this team, about the direction that this program has been heading in the past few years. And uh. That it doesn't feel like it's no longer feeling like one-offs. you know, it it feels like this is very much a program that's here to stay, that's here to, to you know announce itself at the top of who college women's basketball. and um I, I'm just ex- I'm just excited to watch the ladies out there because they're good at they're good, and they bring it every single year. And there's no reason to not get excited about an Indiana basketball team that brings it and shows it up every single year.
0: We'll talk a lot more about them as the season gets closer. November 8th is their first game. I think that's roughly the same time the men's season will start. So, uh we'll we'll dive more into them as the season comes along. Uh the men's first game is the 7th night before. So, uh I think the Tennessee game I'm excited about cuz that's just not a team Indiana typically plays. Uh and because their blue blood almost doesn't even do them justice for what they are. For women's basketball, women's college basketball. So excited for that one. And if past season is any indication, or last season is any indication, uh, it was razor thin coming down to the wire in the Big Ten title race. So, yeah, it very much could be decided in that final month, in that final week, even. Uh, I just want I want to beat Iowa. (laughs) I'm tired of losing to them. They're a really, really good team. And I'm really excited for the matchups, but I'm tired of being competitive with them. I just want it. it's my, it's the biggest thing I want to see from me. One win again against Iowa that'll feel great. They also have a game against Butler at home right before Christmas on the 21st. Um, that is another. Team. They started the season at Butler last year, but still fun to see those types of games too. So yeah, this is going to be a really good team. Two All-Americans uh, in Grace Berger. Kenzie Holmes, and then you have impact transfers, freshmen that played a lot in the international game we talked about this summer. Uh, It's going to be a really fun team. We'll preview them as we get closer to the season. Right now we're still in the middle of football season. We're diving full bore into it until I was on that soul crushing losing streak that frustrates you as a fan, as it always does. So thanks again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to get you all the info you need ahead of Saturday's game. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets all combining into one NFL uh, Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already, at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a quick rating and review while you're over there. Most importantly, though, guys, have a terrific Thursday and LEO.